Testies, testies, one, two. This is Roots to Grooves. Welcome back, everybody. Well, I'm Jay Purcell. Yeah, yeah. I'm Jesse <laughs> Quigley. That makes this Roots to Grooves. Yeah. Seattle, Washington on Signal Radio. What's up, everybody? We're talking about the dry cleaners. Yeah, today we're talking about dry cleaning and um, how best to, or the best place to take your shirts to. Yeah. To, to get them clean. Kind of taking a new direction on this show. Yeah. Doing some stuff on textiles. Yeah. And the history of clothing and... Yeah. And how they get cleaned. And, and not washing clothes yourself, having on someone else yeah, do it for you. paying somebody to do that. Yeah. Or if they're nice enough, do it for you. Yeah. That was my dad joke. I told Jesse oh. I was going to make a, <laughs> a dad joke at the top of this episode, and that was kind of it. You know? Oh, we, we were on the same page. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Horrible jokes. Horrible jokes. But, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> the, uh, the band is called Dry Cleaning, and they are from South London. Yeah. And uh, and they're like brand new on the scene, which is uh, interesting to me. Mm-hmm. When you uh, first sent me their 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 name and their Spotify link, I looked them up. I was like, one album, twenty twenty one. Okay, this might be challenging. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, How much know. information is out there about these guys? Yeah, but I actually found some cool stuff. So um, yeah, but yeah, like and, you said, yeah. yeah, brand new. So I just got. Um, I heard them on the radio. Oh yeah, never cool. heard them before. Didn't know what it was. What it was, but it sounded super cool. Okay, and. Um, I mean, on the radio out here, like KXP or something? Yeah, I was on KEXP. Cool. And I was just okay. driving, I think, so I quickly, you know, without looking, keeping my eyes on the road, put Shazam <laughs> on and Shazam to it was, and then I looked at it later. Okay, got it. Because you should yeah. never text or drive. Because you don't have one of those fancy cars that shows you what's playing on the radio. I don't have a big that. screen. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. So that's the way it goes. But so I Shazammed them, looked them up later. And was this recently cool. then? Or? Yeah, this is only a couple weeks ago, basically. Nice. Okay. I mean, maybe I heard this uh, three weeks ago or something like that. Uh, which track do you know what you heard? I think it was Scratchyard Lanyard. Nice. It was yeah. either that one off their recent album, came out 2020. Yeah. Um, or another track off that album, I think. Yeah, yeah. There was like two, which were both on an EP that they released before, or released as a single, I think. Right, yeah. But um, let's just talk about who this, what they're doing. The The music is kind of post-punk. Mm-hmm. It's a four-piece, drummer, yeah. bassist, and guitarist, and I'll, I'll name the names in one second, but it's basically yeah. like post-punk. Yeah. Uh, rock, yeah, kind of rock outfit, and a female vocalist who who mostly speaks and does yeah, yeah. spoken word kind of poetry and yeah. um, putting words together in interesting ways to provide the vocal yeah. balance to the music. And it's super cool, and it kind of blew me away because I hadn't, you know, I, I don't know. We, it's not like the most new novel thing. I'm sure other bands have done stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think New Order has a song that was pretty big. Mm. Um, something about. West End Girls, I think, does that a little bit. Oh, uh, yeah, that was uh, Pet Shop Boys. I oh, think. Pet Shop Boys. Okay, yeah, yeah maybe that's West what I'm thinking End of. Girls, yeah. But I think a couple of those those bands of that kind of era yeah. were kind of doing something similar as far as vocals, at least on a couple tracks. Yeah, actually a few people, and some of them that they mentioned, which we'll get into a little bit later as we talk mm-hmm. about the vocals and the lyrics maybe, because some, found some interesting stuff around that. But I'm excited to see what you found out. Yeah, but it's, um, yeah, you're right. It's, uh, I mean, I've... I think they're like fresh sounding to me. I saw a clip on YouTube of them playing on this BBC show called Later from Jules Holland, mm-hmm. which is, if you're in the UK, it's a pretty big show. Um, and uh, I think it was probably done in COVID era because usually I've probably mentioned mm-hmm. it before on Roots to Grooves, but Jules Holland, Later with Jules Holland, usually they have um, this massive studio space. Okay. And they have about five bands all in the same room, mm-hmm. all set up completely differently. Okay, with that's kind of cool. their whole thing. And then he'll just like present the show and then they'll be like, first up, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then they'll play a song. And then the camera will swing around and it will be like another band playing kind of thing. And they're mm. all in this room. It's an amazing concept and format for a show. Yeah, sounds very fun. Um, and so, yeah, dry cleaning were on it. But the clip I saw, they were like, it was probably done during COVID times because they didn't have that same format. They were mm. like in a separate, like uh, looked like a music venue sort of thing. But okay. they did a live version of that song that we um, just started out playing with. Was it Scratchyard? Yeah, Lan- Lan- yeah it's kind yeah. of a tongue twister for me. <laughs> yeah, Scratchyard just, Lanyard. Um, but it was really good. The bass was really, it actually sounds like a way better um, mm-hmm. version of the song versus the album recording. Just EQ wise and bass wise and everything like that. But I, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I listened to that. But yeah. just on on the bass in general, that's kind of what turned me on on just the recording that they put out. Yeah, uh, you know, it sounds really cool. Sounds, yeah, yeah. Just got that nice high end. I guess I think. Uh, I mean, so let's just go. I'll say their names. Sorry, yeah. I'm all over the place. 
Um, the guitarist is Tom Dows. Yeah. Bass is Lewis Maynard. Yeah. Uh, and the drummer is Nick Buxton. Mm-hmm. So yeah, these guys from South London. Um, I was mentioning the bass, and I think Lewis Maynard's uh he's he's found some like heavy metal stuff, or um. I can't think of any of the names, but some kind of heavy metal bands. Oh, yeah. And I think this guy, he, I mean, he has a big beard. He has long hair, so he's, he's kind of like... Yeah, he looks like a Metallica rocker Yeah, yeah I, think, I think, you know, some bands like Metallica yeah. is, is one and some other bands in that kind of genre. So he's kind of coming from there. Yeah. Um, and then I think Tom Dowes was kind of the leader of the band uh, yeah. from the beginning, kind of got it started, was kind of yeah. the main dude. Um, I didn't look. I didn't see anything that was specific towards one person or another. But I think it was basically started with Tom Dow's, yeah. and then Lewis Maynard and Nick Buxton, and then Florence Shaw was the singer, yeah, um, woman vocalist, and she she was the last to enter the band, yeah, as far as I I know. So that was cool. Yeah. So I mean, um, from what I know, is uh, I think at least two of those guys or three of them knew each other from a long like way back kind of thing mm-hmm. and doing music together in the uk being in bands together um i think i think it was lewis and tom that were uh, have done stuff together but i also think lewis has done stuff with nick the drummer separately yeah yeah i think you're right um for like a long time like they said like 12 years i think um they've been doing stuff for and so they've all kind of been in bands and they've all done stuff musically mm-hmm. Um, they're in their 30s now, but like throughout their whole 20s, I think it was all about their focus on music and making a career out of music. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of strange when this band came to be because they said they were kind of at a point where they were sort of not burnt out, but sort of weren't thinking that this was going to take off for them. Um, you know, so they all had different day jobs. Um, a lot of like lecturing, like I see, like um, Tom Dow's, the guitarist who seems like he's kind of the main guy mm-hmm. was a, a lecturer of well, says a visiting arts lecturer at university for the creative arts in a town called farnham in uk i've been to farnham nice little place oh, sounds nice sounds lovely yeah just outside london had a friend um that lived there for a bit and uh and also uh, florence uh, shaw the vocalist she was a arts lecturer at northampton university so okay and I think Nick Buxton was uh, um, getting into furniture and he was like about to start his own furniture design business. Kind of thing. Yeah, he, I think he was building some furniture and he, was, yeah. he had this idea he was going to go for it. Yeah. But so those three guys like sort of knew each other and they all came together and they just basically started hanging out and jamming. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of how it came t- together musically. And I think they were doing that for like six months or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah yeah yeah, so yeah. And, yeah totally i think they just started playing together like even once a week and it turned into more and more yeah and yeah totally like you said they were kind of seemed like most of them or all of them were kind of in a place in life where it was a transition period or okay maybe i should try something else i'm going to go for something new um i think nick the drummer was in multiple bands and they just never kind of made it bigger than that local scene yeah um so yeah same for him and then uh yeah, so they were in this kind of interesting period of their lives. Yeah. And so I guess, and I, I, I guess he was Royal College of the Art. Does that sound familiar? It does. I think yeah. uh, Dow's was, I thought he was going to school for there for visual yeah, okay, arts. Yeah, he could have been, yeah. So I'm not sure what when they were um, doing lectures or, but I think yeah. Dow's and um, Florence were both at the Royal College of Art for one reason or another, and that's where they met. Yeah, and I think they have a lot of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was, so yeah, so these guys have been playing for like about six months, jamming, kind of coming up with stuff. And I think at a certain point they were like, we need vocals. but And they even discussed about doing vocals themselves, like between the three of them kind of yeah. thing. And for whatever reason, they said, yeah. I don't think they ever really tried it. I think they were just kind of like, that's the idea. None of them but, really wanted to take that on. But they weren't really into it, yeah. Right. And, um, and I think it was three mutual friends that Tom uh, got in contact with Florence and uh, basically, you know, said, I don't know how they thought to ask her because she has never done anything musically before from what I know. Yeah, so we can kind of like, dip into yeah. her history a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I don't, she doesn't have really a, a background in music 
from what I was able to find, um, she went through some periods. It seems like she goes through some periods uh, from what she was saying. Yeah. Um, of uh, kind of obsessive behavior. Like she gets really into something and then kind of, you know, feels it out, experiences it, then kind of wants to try something else, get something into it. And then that, that kind of goes into the way she started acquiring these lyrics and, yeah. um, you know, pieces of you know, words and phrases that ended up being part of the lyrics, which we can talk about later on. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, one of the things she went into was Oasis's um, What's the Story, Morning Glory. Mm-hmm. And she got super into that album yeah. and uh, she was, you know, listened to it a lot. Yeah. So, as one of the influences, you know, Oasis, pretty big. They got a couple of good songs. They're pretty big. They're going to... Yeah. Hopefully, gonna, hopefully they make it if they keep trying. Hopefully if they just keep trying. Yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll make they're okay. Someday. They're good guys. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I actually, I think she did, like her dad was a musician actually, and they said they had a garage full of guitars and synthesizers. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That she did mess around on as a kid, but I think it was just like not beyond anything, just other than messing around and playing. Like, yeah, not like actually writing anything or cool mm-hmm. stuff like that. I think so. yeah, it was reading she was encouraged to follow whatever passions she had, which is cool. That's and cool. it doesn't sound like her parents were pushing her like I'm doing music, you got to do music. Yeah. It didn't seem like anything like that, and it didn't seem like she was super interested in it either. Yeah. yeah. Um, besides, just kind of fiddling around with some of the instruments. Yeah. Um, you know, kind of just vaguely. Yeah. With not too much intention or an idea of what she was going to do in the future. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess. Um. I mean, where are we at? Whatever notes do I have? Yeah. So. Oh, that was. Oh, sorry. I was going to say I was lost for one second, but she was like listening to Oasis, and then she was also a Strokes fan for a little while. Cool. To the point yeah. of being like obsessive, she said. Okay. And so I'm always happy to hear about Strokes because they're probably my number one, you know, fave group putting out music right now. That was the last live show I've seen in yeah. Seattle, and it was with you. Yeah, not far from here, just a couple blocks down. Yeah, next to the the other Signal Studio, yeah, uh, Wamu Theater. They played there. Yeah. And I mean that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Last show okay. I've been to. Yeah. And it was ten out of ten. They killed it. Yeah, they did. Super fun. It was, uh, yeah, it was an interesting time because there were like, it was a time where some people were wearing masks, but most people weren't. It was that in-between period. Yeah, so it was in that period where you're looking at people wearing masks and you'd be like, wow. I mean, we were getting a drink at the bar at Jimmy's yeah. and we were like, are they going to cancel the show tonight? Like, it might. Oh, really? You were talking about that? I yeah. Think, yeah. Oh, oh, you met us a, a I second. I sort of joined as you were already there. Kind of oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. getting drinks without you. My bad. No, no. <laughs> I don't remember. I had a drink. I showed up. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I remember. Well, that. I had ticket issues, though, because, I, yeah. Right, right, right. I bought, uh, I don't know whatever the website it is, but it like, turned out that it was some person selling their ticket, and they didn't they didn't check their email, and they didn't release it to me. Mm. And I was like, I didn't know that was happening. I just bought it from a big website like it wasn't ticket miles, brain pop, brown paper tickets or something StubHub like that. or something. StubHub, yeah. And uh, yeah, so I had to like email this stranger for like ages. He was like, okay, it's released now. I was like, okay, I got it. Like, Thanks. So the I show starts in five exactly, minutes. Exactly, yeah. Anyway. So. Close call. But we made it and it was great. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, they, they didn't have any support artists. Did they? No, they did all, did all vase. Oh. Okay. I think is it pronounced? I think the, we were still in the bar at that point. Yeah, I, we didn't really... Because the thing, I don't know if Watch. people know if this is the case in any other city, but they have these like walled off sections mm-hmm. if, about drinking in Seattle kind of thing that you have to, if you're going to drink, you have to be in this area. And then if you outside of that area, you can't have a drink kind of thing. Yeah. And the non-drinking space is like right where the stage is. So yeah. It's like, not that everyone has to drink at every show, but you know. No, but a lot of people so, enjoy it and yeah. they just make the rules to be separate, which is fine. It's, not, yeah. you know, it's their own venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was cool. Yeah, because we, yeah. we were in line for a beer or something and they just had big black curtains surrounding the whole yeah. <laughs> area of where the show was going on. So we weren't able to like, kind of get the... He's playing. You could hear them a little bit. Yeah, we, yeah, we heard some, but yeah. it was cool. Um, yeah, they're also a pretty good band we should talk about one day. Mm. But no, we're talking about um, dry cleaning today. Kind yeah. of post-punk... Florence's from- uh, influences mm-hmm. as far as music goes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So she was heavy into the Strokes. Yeah, which is cool, and that's all I really found about that. It was just kind of a little, yeah, yeah, um, thing about that. Cool. Um, yeah. So at some point, um, yeah, after they've been jamming for like six, seven months, Tom got in contact with Florence. 
I don't know how or why, but she got invited to like a rehearsal session that they were doing. Mm -hmm. I think they were working on some demos. Yeah. Like you said, they've been playing around. They had some demos and I think they asked her to come over. Oh, and oh that's what happened. Yeah. He, I think he met her like before going to like see some art show mm -hmm. and she asked him what he's working on. And he was like, well, I'm doing uh, this little music project. And he like played some of the demos on his phone. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said, oh, that's cool. And um, I think they all kind of, got together at that same night and hung out mm -hmm. for a while and then tom asked the other guys like what do you think of florence do you think we should invite her to the studio and so when she did our studio i think it was uh, lewis's mum's garage is where they were rehearsing <laughs> and um like uh, yes yeah, so she came and she just read spoken word out of a book that she had i forgot the name of the book um that she had with her but she basically just they were playing and she was reading out of this book mm -hmm. over the top of it and they just all thought that was like a real cool yeah vibe and even at that like point that. I, I don't think she had the idea or none of them had the idea that that's how it was going to be in the future where she no, was going to yeah. do some spoken word she was just kind of using it as a filler like something to yeah yeah use she didn't have any lyrics obviously cause, yeah no yeah. melodies or anything like that so she's just reading yeah. these lines yeah, yeah. and and you know putting it over the music that they were coming up with their demos and stuff yeah and I, they just kind of, yeah, like you said, it, it sounded cool. And they're like, that's, yeah. that's cool. Let's keep doing this. Let's try it again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess they were in the garage. And, um, uh, I mean, I guess that went well. And they parted yeah. ways. And then I guess eventually she got a text. I think Nick texted her. She said, you don't have to, you don't have to sing. Yeah. You just <laughs> keep talking like you did. Okay. And, I, can't, I mean, that's kind of the, the genesis mm -hmm. of, of how they got the group together. Yeah. And... Um, Let's play another little track. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do that thing again where I foreshadow a little bit. I like the foreshadowing. Yeah. Because uh, um, there was a whole time where I think it was like a back and forth of like six months about her, them trying to convince her to be in the band and she didn't want to do it kind of thing. Yeah, and she said like yes and then she said no and backed out and then she's like yeah. yes. So she's kind of going back and forth. Yeah. And then one of the other things for context, I think she had just gone through kind of a, a bad breakup. Yeah. And so she was kind of going through this. Well, that's a great segue nice. because that's the track I was going to play um, before we talk about her uh, unsureness about being in the band. It's their first signal. Signal. Wow. Ooh. It's their first signal. It's their first. Shameless uh, plug. Yeah, exactly. Single that they came out with called Magic of Megan. Mm -hmm. And that was written uh, when she'd just broken up. Yeah. And it was, she said the day she moved out of her partner's uh, place was the same day that um, uh, William and Meghan announced their engagement. Yeah, the royal, what the are royal they? Couple. Yeah, they're prince, yeah. prince and princess, or what are they? Prince and princess. Yeah. Is that right? Um, yeah. yeah. They're cool. He's the next king. <laughs> yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That's cool. So, yeah, it was all kind of convalesced. Kind of an interesting day, must have been for her. Uh, <laughs> yeah. To say the least yeah and so <laughs> and it's also we can talk about how she writes some of her lyrics in a little bit as oh, well yeah. because that's kind of an interesting thing and also in this song it's interesting so we might there's so much to talk about yeah, yeah even yeah. though they're a new band yeah exactly but so let's uh yeah spend, this ended up being their first single that they released yes yes um yeah i think it was on their first ep right yeah i think mm -hmm. called magic of megan spin it Magic and Megan by Dry Cleaning. Great jam. Yeah. They ended up getting a lot of, uh, you know, acclaim for that one. It got them pretty, had some good buzz about it. Yeah. Driving track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, so I love it. Yeah. The, the way the guitars are doing just these nice little, some, some simple phrases, just yeah. doing nice little melodies. Yeah. Just the one guitarist. He's doing stuff with, with like, like delay and like a pedal thing here and there, or he's using his pick on the neck. Just doing cool little creative things, making weird sounds, making cool little melodies to, you know, to fill in the space because he has a lot of space with only a few members in the band. Yeah, it's cool the way he's playing. That was something I picked up on when I saw them playing uh, live as well. Mm -hmm. um, he kind of like 
you know, he leaves it open as well. He like plays a lot of like open sort of notes and lets them yeah. hang before he goes into the next thing. Yeah. Sort of thing. And uh sort of it's sort of kind of drifty guitar playing a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit ambient, but also Yeah. But like in that track he's also sort of doing a lot of uh, rhythm. It's, well. it's it rides that line between yeah. ambient yeah. kind of <clears throat> background soundscape and like kind of providing melody yeah. and rhythm. Yeah. And you know, just general energy yeah, yeah. to whatever vibe they're going with. Definitely. Um, but super fun. And then the bass is always just kind of cranking, just a nice, like solid groove. Yeah. Just, I mean, it, it, with melodies himself, but it's just, I don't know, they just do it really well. And it's impressive when a band can sound super fun and super energetic with only a few people. Yeah. Not a ton of backing guitars or doubling this or that. Well, they've got their, um, their approaches right. And I think it's something they discussed specifically and talked about as mm-hmm. well. Like I know... Nick, the drummer, said that he wanted to try and um, do s- stuff as simple as possible so he mm-hmm. get out of the way of, of everyone else and create space. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, you know, for Lewis, the bass player, like, he's he's heavy into bass. I don't know if he's joking when he says this, but he said he, he sometimes sleeps with his bass. I, I saw that come up too, and yeah. I'm not sure if that, I thought the same thing. And he has a creepy obsession with his bass guitars, is what he said. I didn't yeah, say that. like That's they what he said. <laughs> yeah, no, like they have different energies and or, yeah. or different um, personalities. Yeah, of. but it's cool that like you know they've done that and they've really thought about it. And uh, also, uh, what was I going to say? Like, um, they talked a lot about um, the Feelies as a band as mm-hmm. an inspiration for them. They said they talked about them a lot when they first got together, kind of thing when they were jamming and stuff like that. I don't really know too much about them. Um, uh, it seems like they were from the eighties, I think, mm-hmm. and have subsequently had some, some of their stuff re-released, um, on also, Spotify and stuff like Also that. kind of a post-punky kind of yeah. indie rock band yeah, yeah. ish somewhere in there. Yeah. So, um, we can maybe hear a bit of that in a second, but mm-hmm. I think we were talking about, uh, Florence's, uh, indecision about not sure she wants to be in the band or not kind of thing and i think from what i heard it came a lot well from multiple things like one she hadn't been in a band before she hadn't done anything musical right Two, like i think she had some shyness totally being on stage and that sort of like well i don't know if i can if i can do this this is you know because it's a big thing it's a commitment um, yeah and she she didn't want to join and then just quit so yeah. she, I mean, she's going back and forth before she made the commitment. Yeah. But of course, she doesn't want to be serious with these other people who are, you can see how much energy they're putting into this project and how well it's doing, mm-hmm. which is why I was able to find it out here in Washington State mm-hmm. on the radio. Because mm-hmm. um, they're, doing, they're doing really well. They got a lot of buzz on them, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and people are looking at them. Yeah, definitely. And she didn't want to get halfway there and then be like, oh, I'm too shy to do this, though. Sorry, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, because nobody wants to be that person and ruin it for other people. Yeah. Um, and she's, so she's just being respectful in that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. And, uh, I think like it took a lot of them talking to her about, um, I think like the inspirations behind, like, you know, I, I don't know if like the spoken word thing was also an issue for her, like whether she thought that was a good idea or not. I don't know. But like, I think they, they sort of said that that is like working really well and sounds really mm-hmm. cool. And they even sent her like a bunch of um, tracks and other artists that did it well and were trying to inspire her with like, you know, this is how we think it could work sort of thing. Um, and a few of those artists, and there's some really good tracks actually. I want to play a couple of these or something. We'll sneak them in if we can. Yeah, can totally. Um, uh, there was a track called Adventures and Success by a guy called Will Powers. It's from uh, the 80s. Uh, they mentioned a track called Private Life by Grace Jones, which is kind of like this reggae thing, but it's like, I don't know if you, do you know anything about Grace Jones? No, I know the name. That's yeah. All. She's like a really bold, striking artist mm-hmm. in everything she's done visually and everything like that. Um, and her music as well kind of thing. Um, so they mentioned a few sort of artists like that um, where like, and, and, she, and I think as they were talking to her about this, like she 
got reminded of some of the music she was listening to when she was younger. So you mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like mostly like spoken word type stuff. And um, and she mentioned a track by this band called The Eels as well. And then real quick, I was going yeah. back to her, her childhood because I think yeah. a couple of her dad, um, bands that her dad was into yeah. um, were bands like The Smiths, British Sea Power, and The Specials. Mm-hmm. Mm. So I don't know. I haven't heard British British Sea Power. I've heard like a little bit, but yeah, I don't really remember mm-hmm. what they sound like. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know at all. Yeah, yeah. So if anybody knows, as always, hit us up. Let us know. We didn't have time to. I didn't. I didn't have time to research that. We've well, heard some stuff from the specials, though, right? Like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And definitely the Smiths. Yeah, yeah. Who've been coming up a lot. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, same kind of. Yeah, kind of almost you know grungy or new wave. Yeah. Um, you know indie yeah rock of the 80s yeah and so it was cool like a lot of like the inspirations that they were sending her had spoken word stuff on it and it was like from the 80s as well Mm -hmm. it wasn't just any spoken word on music it was like specific like um types of music and a lot of it from the 80s as well which is interesting because i don't think that they sound like an 80s band even though i guess it's that post-punk sort of inspiration no yeah they're they're getting a lot of yeah, their inspiration from the the energy from the '80s, but not necessarily even production techniques or styles of playing yeah, exactly, their, yeah. the instruments. So they're yeah. bringing everything together in a, in a new way, and that's why they I think they sound really fresh, and they're getting the the you know the the views and stuff that they deserve. Yeah. So, do you mind if I if I play one of their inspirations? No, I think that'd be great. I yeah. think we'd all love to hear it. Um, yeah, one of the tracks uh, that uh, Nick was talking about in an interview. Um, as one of the ones he sent to Florence for like um, spoken word stuff with this track called Adventures and Success by Will Powers. I never heard it before and it sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So let's spin this for a little bit. That was nice. That was, I mean, so positive. <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, like so, just plainly not being metaphorical or anything like that. Like, make it happen. Yeah, write down the best qualities about yourself. Like, yeah, I mean, that just he's just like giving you great personal advice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, no, that not personal, but it could go to anybody. What do you call that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Vague yeah <laughs> human advice but that would that helps anybody i mean that just from what i've seen on you know positive stuff from tiktok or or youtube or anything people saying he's saying the same stuff that they're saying today yeah, yeah. that was a long time ago that was 1983 uh the year of my birth ah, happy and, birthday uh, yeah <laughs> and uh yeah that came from an album called dancing for mental health so so i mean yeah definitely not yeah. the same style of production that's very 80s kind of new wave pop Mm-hmm. Which is cool. But I think, like, lyrically was kind of why they mentioned that to Florence. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I think they call her Flo as well. So Yeah, I think that's fair. We don't know her. We, so I don't know if we we can call her Flo. But. <laughs> I mean, we're, 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 no. we're uh, cool, too. We're cool. We can, we're, we're just, we're shouting them out for no reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. We, we get to call her a nickname. Um, yeah, and so, like, yeah, lyrically, I think it was kind of like, that and you know there's a few others as well um, yeah 100 percent uh stuff like that which is cool yeah and you know and i think about that as well they're also saying that you know um maybe traditionally in the audience people think that spoken word is mostly like poetry related kind of thing mm-hmm. um if not done the right way it can remind me of like um like slam poetry yeah 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 with that kind of energy and somebody's kind of you know which reminds me of another movie we can have for movie night Put it on the list. It's called Slam. Um, I think it's called Slam. And it's, uh, uh, oh, I 
now I can't remember the guy's name in it, but uh, he's a good musician as well, uh, rapper, poet. He did an album, his first album, Emetheist Rockstar, and it was produced by Rick Rubin. Hmm. Um, and he did this movie uh, where they are all like poets and they're going to these things and it's kind of like, like a 90s hip-hop movie a little bit sort of thing but a lot of poetry happening in it it's a really good movie we'll put it on it sounds, the list yeah it sounds yeah. good i'll be yeah let me know what it is yeah um it's gonna but, be a fantastic movie night yeah yeah and uh that also i want to say that last track you play remind me a lot of talking heads mm-hmm. think, yeah yeah totally like um this is the place i think was a, a track or, or is that one where he's you know that music video where he's just like in a suit with a bow tie. I don't know if you've seen that. One. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. I know what you're talking about. What's his name? Yeah. Is that David Byrne? Yeah, yeah. Berman? Yeah, David Byrne. Yeah. Or Byrne. Yeah, just yeah. David Byrne. And uh, it reminds me a lot of that stuff as well. Yeah, totally. And he's yeah. had a lot of cool, positive, super kind of poppy. Yeah. You know, and then his vocals are kind of energetic, just in, in, in a little bit of yeah. a different way than what dry cleaning is doing. Yeah. Um, but obviously, he kind of built a whole thing for himself and that's still in, you know, pop culture today. Yeah, yeah. So he was, that guy's. That guy was weird and cool. Definitely. Super cool. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, so they're, they're just still getting started. They're working on yeah. this, this this new music. Um, I think Dow's, when they were first at that bar, he was saying, I, I guess I got a quote. Um, he said, I liked her art, the quality of her ideas. Talking about flow. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked her art, quality of her ideas, and the these slightly surreal, weird little observations about the world. She's fiercely mm-hmm. intelligent, very emotional, emotionally sophisticated. And meeting her was like finding a kindred spirit. Oh. So they really started cool. to vibe together. Yeah, yeah. And it was really kind of falling into place, kind of out of nowhere. No, none of them had this grand master plan. No, yeah. But things were falling into place just like so, and it seems to be working out really well for them. Yeah. So this is around 2017 we're talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're they're kind of getting together. They started playing some shows. Yeah. Um, where she's kind of falling into place as the the lead vocalist. Yeah. And and doing this stuff. So I guess one thing we haven't really talked about is where she's getting all this. Where is she, how does she write her lyrics? Right. Yeah, where, yeah. where does she get these lyrics? What are these ideas? And from what I was seeing, just from her living her life, she gets things from the newspaper. Yeah. Phrases from from journals, mm-hmm. or she's on the bus and she hears overhears a conversation and she thinks something's interesting. She writes down that phrase, and so she just writes all these little things from all over in a, like a collage journal. Yeah. And yeah. Then, from all over the place. She said from adverts. Yeah. yeah, overheard conversations or conversations she's had with people mm-hmm. where they've said something. She said also her spontaneous thoughts about like a reaction to something instead of saying it to someone, she'll like write it down kind of thing. Yeah. Coming up with her own words as well. And so a lot um, of them, they feel really kind of emotionally charged when she's saying it and she'll put, she'll, you know, puzzle piece phrases together and words yeah. from different articles or things that she's heard. And so some of them sound like disparate. Yeah. And but some of them sound or um like counterintuitive or like yeah. they're contradicting each other almost. Yeah. But she puts them together in a really interesting way that's kind of emotionally pa- impactful when she speaks it directly into the mic over this rocking post punk beat. Yeah, definitely. And, and the way she performs as well, like I like I keep coming back to that later from Jules Holland clip I saw of mm-hmm. her as well. But like the look on her face and the way she is as well, like yeah. Um, I think she says something about that where it's kind of like she's trying to, um, even though she knows the words, you know, she has these words she's going to say sort of thing. She mm-hmm. still tries to like capture the vibe in the room and right. the atmosphere and the music that's happening around her mm-hmm. as she delivers it sort of thing. Like, Yeah, um, apparently. Yeah. And, and like you said earlier, she's kind of shy. Yeah. So what I was seeing, somebody was describing, she kind of will even like just kind of grab onto the mic and stand starkly still yeah yeah while the rest of the band is kind of just rocking out yeah just jamming and rocking and and moving around a little bit and she's kind of starkly there speaking this dry clean vocal yeah providing vocals for the band and she's just kind of looking around the room just taking in the energy yeah and you know feeling it and putting that into the vocals so even though she's not being physically um you know all over the stage yeah she's not being like a performer in that sense where she's dancing and moving and flipping her hair yeah, yeah. Um, but she is she is trying to get that energy from the crowd yeah from the the changing you know constantly changing energy at a live show at a live venue yeah um and then you know putting that through the microphone through her voice definitely yeah so it's pretty cool and it sounds really great it's really fun to see and it sounds just the same as um their live stuff sounds as their records sound. yeah yeah same awesome energy 
No, I'd love to see them live, actually. Yeah. That'd be a cool band to see. And they yeah. did come to Seattle, actually, um, a while ago. They did a live thing for KEXP as well. I was watching that, which... Yeah. Super awesome. I yeah. wish I would have known about them a year ago. Yeah, they said... I think they played here just before COVID lockdown happened in March okay. 2020. They said they came to the States for like two weeks, and they played a couple of shows in New York, a show mm-hmm. in LA, a show in Seattle, and then they went down to um, South by Southwest and spent right. some time down there. Kind of so if I'm not, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think that's kind of the way it happened. They started playing uh, music together, this band, yeah. dry cleaning, um, in like South London, mm-hmm. and it was going good. And I think one of their dreams, at least for Flo or for one of them, they always wanted to, they saw New York as kind of the the mecca for you know a band to play live in new york well i think a lot of these things you could do a lot of these bands that they mentioned as big inspirations like the feelies they Mm -hmm. mentioned um i think they're out of new york like post-punk era Mm -hmm. same Um, as strokes yeah out of new york yeah yeah, yeah. who just won a grammy too cool really yeah recently yeah wow yeah the the last grammys which is you know what does that mean to you some people don't like the grammys who cares it's this it's that but still cool to give them the recognition they deserve i would say just side story shout out ray khalil friend of signal Mm. she won a grammy i saw that that was was amazing with amazing yeah she's only like 26 or something uh on a collab with anderson pack so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's great to get like i mean that's you know it's still got a a a semblance of clout attached to winning a grammy i mean if nothing else you made it to a level it's like i don't very cool don't make music to get a Grammy, and I don't think that will ever happen. But if it does happen, you're like, well, you know, I'll, t- I'll take the trophy. Sure, I'll take the trophy. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it because <laughs> it has it, it, there's historical context associated with it, and it still yeah. does mean something to a lot of people, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't mean to be a snob like, oh, the Grammys don't mean anything. <laughs> I would never even want one. I, I don't want a Grammy. You know, because we all want one. It's it's a cool yeah. thing still, even though there's still yeah. this energy of like. Even though it's, it's kind absolutely of, not necessary to have a no, successful music career. And also, it's kind of mainstream in a way, like, mm-hmm. you know, because a lot of the Grammy stuff that happens is like, you know, pop stars and mainstream people. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I know there it, there is some crossover within it, um, but for the most part, it's like, you know, the Hollywood of music kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's neither here nor there. Water under yeah, the bridge. Yeah. But, you know, hey, we're talking about dry cleaning today and how awesome they are. Mm-hmm. I can see them winning a Grammy in the future. Yeah, or uh, uh, out of the UK, a Mercury Music Prize. Oh, yeah, that's, the, that's the one we were thing. talking about the other day. Cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, so, like I was saying, I, they wanted to play in New York, and then they got the chance. Yeah. So, I guess they were playing in, like, South London, doing a bunch of good shows. Yeah. And um, somebody from a record label saw them and yeah. basically signed them immediately after that yeah i don't have all the specific details um yeah i think an anr person saw them and yeah for the i think the label was 4ad yeah which is a post-punk label yeah out of london i think yeah and then uh i think the anr woman that saw them said that they were basically fully formed like when she saw mm-hmm. them play they didn't need any development or any work like they were just I think at this point there. they they hit yeah. the mark pretty hard pretty early on yeah. when they figured out okay we'll do this how this this is the way the music will be yeah. she has her vocals doing the spoken word thing and it's vibing very hard yeah and they I think they hit that mark and that's kind of when they were doing that show they got yeah. seen yeah. they got signed yeah and then they got sent on tour yeah and then they were made it to New York and to the U S but yeah. then COVID hit right. Yeah. So I think then they kind of stopped, and I think yeah. that was kind of the catalyst for why they started to write this album, which mm-hmm. is their their one LP that's that's released up until this point, which was released in 2020. Yeah, um, I guess it. I it guess was released it in 2021. It's actually uh, we're recording this in April. I think they only released it like a couple of weeks ago. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, there yeah. you go. It's even newer than I thought. But they uh, they did record it in the summer of 2020 mm-hmm. um, with. A producer called John Parrish, who's worked with PJ Harvey and Aldous Harding, who I haven't heard her stuff, but I want mm-hmm. to check that out because also Flo said, um, uh, she said that Aldous Harding did a really good uh, Tiny Desk performance where it seemed really like personal and honest and stuff uh, like that. The only Aldous I know is Aldous Huxley. Yeah, that's the only other. I don't Aldous. think he does music though. No. <laughs> uh, Tracy Chapman, uh-huh. um, PJ Harvey's worked with. Okay, yeah. Another um, giant yeah. sand, yeah, sparkle horse. 
Sparkle horse. Okay. Yeah. You, I, really, yeah, I don't really know their stuff. But, nor do I. Yeah, yeah. But PJ Harvey's he's got some accolades as as yeah, a producer. Yeah. So yeah, he said basically like because they, um, I think it was Lewis, the bass player, was saying that they they make a lot of demos and record stuff, and they have released demos and and they kind of like the magic of the demos sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but you know they got signed and uh, the label asked them you know who would you like to work with. And they made a list, and at the top of their list was John Parrish, and they got him involved, and he uh, he did it. And he said it was. They said the first time they ever met him is when they went to go record, like the first day, right? Sort of thing. And let me go back one sec because yeah. I, I had said these artists like Giant Giant Sand yeah, yeah. and Tracy Chapman and Sparkle Horse were working with PJ Harvey. I, I misspoke. I meant to say John Parrish. Oh, they as, were well, as, they were working John Parrish. Okay, cool. Yeah, John Parrish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, work. With, I think John Parrish's best known work is with PJ Harvey, right? Okay, and then he worked with these other artists. So I, I just yeah. mixed up my words right there. But yeah, John Parrish, and so he's good. on the top of the list, and they got hooked up. Yeah, he's, super exciting. So yeah. they kind of just went. They they've been getting exactly what they want. They've been doing exactly what they want. Yeah, and, and they it's working uh, out for them. did it only in two weeks. The whole album at a place called Rockfield Studios in Wales. Um, which I don't know too much about, but apparently it's a famous place. And uh, I think like Ozzy Osbourne's recorded there. And nice. like, it's been there for a long time. Um, it's like a, I think there's a documentary about it as well. Um, it's out there somewhere about this music studio kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so they did that. And uh, they said John Parrish is like really, he really sort of like clicked with them on a personal level as well. Mm-hmm. And like when they were having like, disagreements with each other and that he'd know when to like you know invite someone out to play table tennis for a little bit kind of thing to cool yeah. off or whatever <laughs> the, the job of being a producer is very yeah. interesting yeah and on, sometimes i don't think people understand what it is because well, sometimes yeah. you're you're pressing buttons changing the sound sometimes you're a babysitter for the band and trying to just help everybody's yeah. energies be be organized to produce things uh, you know knowing people individually and how to work with them like should I be tough on this guy or maybe I got to go easy? Yeah. Give some space or confront something. So there's all these different kind of energies that they're kind of dealing with to help progress the production of the album. Yeah. And I also think like in like modern day era, like the role of producers sort of changed a little bit where, you know, some people that just make beats or music are considered producers sort of right. thing. But like traditionally, yeah, like you're saying, the producer is more kind of like a psychic, uh, not a psychic, <laughs> A psychotherapist or a yeah. shrink kind of thing, yeah. you know. Maybe it's no, literally those. Well. <laughs> totally, <laughs> like Rick Rubin. Like I think he pretty much just like lays on the couch. He's and, just like a spiritual uh, being. He's the spiritual guide to the, the recording <laughs> and yeah, just like, like helping yeah. the energy flow to where it needs to yeah. for everybody to be happy and, and get the product how they want it. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the end, so I mean, interesting profession. You know, great. I don't think we said the name of this album came out in April 2021, New Long Legs yeah. by Dry Cleaning. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is their first, their debut LP. And Flo said about the title, it's supposed to be ambiguous. Uh, she said it could be um, an expensive present or a growth or a table repair. <laughs> table repair, okay. <laughs> yeah. You long leg on your, on it your is, table. It, that would make it wonky. Yeah. But, yeah. It is ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. I think daddy long leg pops into yeah. my head. Okay, yeah. Not I don't the, know what I thought when I first heard new long... I was just... I thought... I Probably my mind went more towards, yeah, growth or something like that. Like a new opportunity or something like that. I think that's yeah, probably like you I got thought. new legs to stand on. Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. You've grown, you oh, have bigger yeah. legs, you can run faster, you can do more things. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of my general yeah. vibe, which, you know, you're allowed to think whatever you want. That's the cool thing. Um, let's play a track off of it. Okay. Strong Feelings. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's one of your uh, picks, I think. Yeah, that's the second one that I discovered because it was released on um, Scratchyard Lanyard, I think both those, as a single, those both kind of came out. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, spin this. I'm down.
Her lyrics on that one, or uh, delivery, reminds me a lot of Charlotte Gainsbourg. Have you heard mm. much of her stuff? Uh, I feel like I recognize that name, but I can't put it. Yeah, Serge Gainsbourg's daughter. She's come out of a few different albums. Her first one, her first album was called 555, produced by Air. Mm. And the lyrics were written by Jarvis Cocker from Pulp, okay. a band out of the UK. Um, yeah, just her delivery, the, like her accent and the way she was sort of delivering that. yeah the kind of the vocal inflections and yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say i mean i think that her voice is the voice i was imagining to have our our intro <laughs> for the show yeah okay it's like exactly what i was thinking um but not the one we have the the beautiful <laughs> woman who's doing our interest is great well we're running out of uh things so it, it's almost time to we we might uh, refresh i think that's I, that's that's on me i got some homework to do to write those intros down and send yeah. them off so um, but can we also talk about uh, food in uh, lyrics? Because we mentioned this before. I think it was probably on the Aerial Pink episode, maybe. And yeah, you yeah, talk, yeah. You were talking about, like, how it's kind of, like, because I, I just want to say, like, in that track, she said, I've been thinking about eating that hot dog for hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in another track, Scratch Atlanta, she talks about oven fries, mm-hmm. or oven chips, I think. Twix. She's, yeah, she's did, mentioned. She didn't say Twix. I've heard chicken ribs. Mm-hmm. I've heard things like that. <laughs> what do you what do you think to that? Like, so? I th- I think food is we all have such a connection <laughs> to food. Yeah, and I think we relate to it super well. I mean, it's like emotionally, or it's like there's something charged about it when you hear food. Yeah, it's like an instinctual relationship that you have with it. Yeah, like somebody yeah. says, Twix. Food is an emotional can I mean, be. Yeah, yeah totally. It's because yeah. and and you know, you some people eat to make themselves feel better yeah, or, you know, to feel worse. I don't know. <laughs> but either way, we all, we all have, it's something that we all have in common. Yeah. Cause we true, all yeah. eat just like a human thing. Yeah. I feel like it's pretty instinctual. So I think it, it, it hits pretty, hits pretty hard when you, when you have these vocal lines about food in your music. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people can connect to it. Yeah. Um, if you're not just saying super weird stuff, which she basically is saying super weird stuff. I think, like, because of the way she gets collage lyrics from, like, ads and pop culture and things like that and journalism, mm-hmm. like she was talking about from Magic of Megan, she said the majority of those lyrics were, like, snipped from, like, journal, the right. journalist articles and stuff like that. Um, it's kind of really interesting to me because it's kind of like... And I saw someone on YouTube write a comment that, like... Um, they feel that dry cleaning is reflecting the times we live in right now kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I think because lyrically she's doing that sort of stuff, it is kind of a collage of our pop culture, like reflected back at us kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Because like, yeah, things like Twix or whatever, it's like, other than just what you were saying about food being like an emotional thing, like Twix is something that you see, you know, you see it advertised on TV or you see it, when you're at the convenience store and it's just there in front of you and you mm-hmm. might not pick up on it, but like subconsciously you see the logo and yeah. everything like that. And so like, yeah, when she's like mentioning these food things and other things, it's kind of like a, a pop culture reference collage is what I'm kind of feeling yeah. from, from. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's yeah. kind of created a cool experience. Cause as we go through the world, like you say, you go into a store, you're not like internalizing Twix. Yeah. Red letters. Yeah, yeah. You, just but you can see, see the logo in your head. It's now, just though, an right? instantaneous thing. And I think, I think, like when she mentions that, and then you hear the music, I see like the golden foil and the red. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I see the imagery like popping out at me, kind of thing. Roots to Groove, sponsored by Twix. <laughs> We've name dropped it three times now. You need to get a lifetime supply of Twix. Yeah, please. Yeah, uh, but I think she's creating a cool, um, you know, sonic, you know, landscape or whatever you want to call it in your brain. Because that's how you go through life. You you walk into a store, you see different words, you hear people saying different things, you hear people saying something on the on the bus stop or walking by, and it's just like you said, a collage. Yeah, it's it, it's meaningless or it is meaningful depending on what you want to, yeah, what, what kind of what, how you want to interact with all this stimulus that you go through every day. You see on your scrolling on your phone, seeing words, phrases, people saying things, advertising, and it's just constantly all day. I mean, there's. 
um, you know, stats you can look up. People see like 3,000 ads per day. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm sure that's even a low estimate. Yeah, there's so many things like that. There's like, even in marketing, they say it takes seven times for people to see something before it gets like lodged in your head kind of yeah. thing. You know, and they even, I've, I've read that in terms of like marketing, like that's what you need to do. Like get your logo or your message out in these different mediums. If it's on the radio or if it's on the web or if it's on like a subway kind mm-hmm. of thing, like it's just like if it's that exposure to that messaging, like after like seven times they say is like it becomes part of you kind of thing or something. Yeah, your, your brain puts it at a higher level of importance yeah. and, and remembering. And something like Flo said about it, she said... Um, she like really distrust distrusts PR speak and how it blends into the way people talk to each other in real life kind of thing. Um, and she said she's always been preoccupied with that and how these things trickle down. Like it all starts from advertising, and then mm-hmm. and then it becomes part of our conversations, and then we're advertising like for free for these brands to each other because it's now it's part of our. You know, I mean, this has happened yeah. so many times. I mean, it's, I'm, it's happening you know. right now. We're going so meta, and we're just here talking about Twix. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just in our life, because we're trying to but create even, a podcast. Uh, I don't know if you remember, like, you know, when Budweiser uh, had their whole commercials and shit. I can't even remember what it was, but it was, like, some weird, like, saying or something like that. And it became part of pop culture, where people were saying it in response to everything and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's yeah. pro- probably been an SNL skit as well and stuff like that. Sure. This is when like, advertising becomes like a saying that's like... Yeah, they put yeah. an emotional meaning behind it. Like, yeah, like yeah. Pepsi commercials with like yeah. race relations with like Kylie Jenner or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, give them a Pepsi and right. we'll all just drink Pepsi and be yeah. equal. Or, um, no. yeah. or even McDonald's. Mm, I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. Someone might someone might say that sarcastically in response to something, and it's like you're just repeating an ad slogan that was yeah created. But the, it's, like, it's in your life now. You just yeah. used it from your own brain. <laughs> yeah. I think funny funny stat factoid. I think uh, Justin Timberlake wrote that. Yeah, he that definitely jingle. sang like the first ever release of that. Mum, I'm loving it. Mm-hmm. I think it was his voice on nice. the commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't so. New Long Legs is what we're talking about by Dry Cleaning. I don't think we got to say exactly what this album's all about. It's kind of more the same of those two songs. That's kind of the general vibe. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's 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 mixed in with some psychedelia, dream pop, and 70s metal. All mm. kind of honed down and, you know, coalesced into this new thing that they're creating with a pretty fresh sound. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, po- poetics of everyday stuff. You know, like we said, recycling material from newspapers, YouTube comments, advertisements, conversations. Yeah. And it's kind of a big experience and it's a great album. Yeah. So, I mean, I always say like where you should start if you're going to get into this band, start with their only album. Yeah. And they got a couple EPs too that we've been playing. So start wherever you want really with this band because it's, they're all kind of hitting the mark. Yeah. In this couple year period. Definitely. I mean, yeah, definitely listen to that album. Definitely uh, see, check out some of their live performances as well on mm-hmm. YouTube and that they've had a, a few shows recorded and um, and the one I mentioned uh, for the TV show later from Jules Holland, which is yeah. a really good performance. Um, the just, KEXP yeah. one's really great. Yeah, yeah, that one as well, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, um, do you think we should play a little bit of the Feelies? I do, I was interested to hear what the yeah. Feelies are about because I've heard that name before. Yeah, so... Um, Should we get a little snippet? Just a little snippet. I This is like the first track that hit me when I sort of just looked them up a little bit. Um, it's called Fa-si-la. Fa-si-la. We might hear it in the... We might hear the correct pronunciation okay. chorus. Let's see. <laughs> That was quite the ending. The Feelies, that was a band that Dry Cleaning and the guys from Dry Cleaning mentioned a lot as a musical inspiration for them. And there's an Aldous Huxley reference, because you mentioned Aldous Huxley as being the other... There's other, a connection there? Yeah, the only other Aldous you've heard of. He is. And just by happenstance, um, they were named in reference to Aldous Huxley's uh, paranoid classic Brave New World, The Feelies. They were in that book? I think so, yeah. 
Okay. So there's a connection there. Interesting. Crazy. That is, yeah. That, I mean, I never would have guessed. I could Neither not would have. Why? So um, I was trying to look up what um, Fase Law, if it has a meaning. Meaning, but I, um, not finding. Anything. I'm not finding anything that of of any use or that I feel strong enough to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. If anybody knows, hit us up. Yeah. But I mean, it's a cool song. I mean, that kind of some um, aerial pink vibes come that kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. older kind of 60s 70s rock with the um, i don't know yeah just that style of vocals yeah so that, they came out of like the 80s post-punk underground mm-hmm. new york scene is where where they're from where they're coming from um, with their stuff yeah so, so yeah definitely sounds re- reminiscent of, of where their ideas are coming from dry cleanings ideas coming from yeah, yeah. Um, while they're kind of creating music um, but I mean, I, I, they do a really good job of making it sound much more modern. Yeah, definitely kind of are contemporary. In, this is a really good example of a band that um, has all these references and puts them together. References and inspirations puts them together, approaches it from their new way, and comes up with something completely original. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. there's no better example than this. You know, which makes me think a lot about making music in general. Like, uh, I feel like in the the um, I don't know, like, I don't know how it is for you, like making music with other people and stuff like that, whether you bring up inspirations a lot or like, you know, whether you're like kind of, you know, here's the Strokes album, like I really want to like make some tracks that have that energy. Or mm-hmm. something. Like, do you use those references at all when you're talking with other people about making music? Some, or like, I, I do in my head because I think we all do because yeah. that's the only way we learn is yeah. from things we've, experienced okay um but when i'm working with somebody else sometimes i'll I'll refrain from saying people's names or artists Mm. vibes and i'll try to create it and show why i'm trying to create it and how yeah but sometimes i feel like it's so influential that if i say something then that's gonna lock somebody into a small zone of what they what their perception of that track i'm talking about is not necessarily what i'm trying to show yeah so i just go you know around that yeah, yeah, and try to explain what the energy is that I'm trying to achieve and how I'm trying to achieve it, rather than say, "Oh, let's do it like the Strokes." Yeah, because that can mean something else to somebody else. They'll interpret d- it in a, in a way that you didn't intend, yeah. or whatever kind of thing. Yeah, and if yeah. they never perceive that that music like I perceive it, yeah. then they're never gonna. Then I'm not communicating yeah. properly, yeah, yeah, or um, you know, effectively. Yeah, so it can kind of lead you astray. But it depends on who you're working with. Do you know the person? You know, like if I know you and yeah. we've made music together, I could yeah. I could name a band or this or that, and I think I'd be more confident that you would know what I'm talking about yeah. and what I'm trying to achieve by having the conversation. Yeah, I think it's, than, yeah, it's like it's easier if you're um, not just even by yourself, but just in yourself. Like you can be with other people in a studio environment writing something. Mm-hmm. Um, but having like you know, I've been in situations where I'm like coming up with a drum part or whatever kind of thing and i won't communicate it to anyone but in my head i'm like okay yeah there's that dj shadow track or something yeah we did this thing like i'm gonna try i'm not gonna tell it to anyone i'm just like i'm just kind of internalizing it and that's how i'm approaching the thing i'm playing sort of thing and and that's getting something you know yeah so it's an interesting thing yeah because sometimes you sometimes you don't need to communicate communicate it right like it just helps your performance or what you're providing as an individual well you're trying to get out for yourself for your part yeah yeah but it seems like someone like dry cleaning like you know maybe like at the beginning of the project they're like sharing these inspirations and these references kind of thing and then that sort of like melds into their subconsciousness and becomes a Mm -hmm. part of the thing which is also a good way of doing it like i think it just depends on what situation you're in and what you're doing like you know for example we could do an album i could be like you know you know, just we've got to make this like 70s slamming disco album. Ooh, I like it. With a, like a post-punk edge. Okay. And you're like, what? Yeah. And then you're like, you know, and then like, here are these tracks. Listen to this. Listen to this. And, you know, and you might find some and share some with me. And then like, we're in a zone, mm-hmm. you know. So then we go to make the music and we're in that zone. Right. Because we've like shared all of this, these references and things. And and that's and that's the bubble we're in. I think I think mm-hmm. there's value to that. Like I say, like doing this show, I learned so many things inspirationally as a musician about ways to approach writing and recording things. And yeah. for me, like coming out of talking about dry cleaning, that's like a that's like a, a thing, I think. 
I've heard it over and over again, but for some reason, maybe it's because of Flo's lyrics and the way she collages things together as well. Yeah. And you have those visuals in your head when you're listening to her kind of thing. It's sort of reinforced that idea a little bit more in my head mm -hmm. about references and inspirations and totally. how you can really utilize that in a powerful way to create something brand new. You know, you're not copying, you know, because you are taking, you're not just taking one artist and it's like, you know, that's all we're listening to. You mm -hmm. know, they're taking different artists or not even, not even albums, but like separate songs. Yeah, from track from eras. this artist, the track from this artist. Yeah. So I think that's really inspiring to me. That's, yeah. It's kind of crazy. I'm, I'm on one now. Go. <laughs> let's go to the studio and make some let's, music. It's, let's go. <laughs> grab, a, grab a pint and head to the studio. Yeah. Uh, no, because, yeah, we, like we were talking about in Toro Imoy, you guys or, or Imoy, how he yeah, comes yeah. up with a playlist yeah. and has this little, you know, sonic world that he can yeah. reference for himself. And I don't know if he's sharing that with other people or not. It's mostly for himself as far as I know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, great way to do that. And yeah. I guess... It, it's it's cool because dry cleaning has one drummer, one guitarist, one bassist, one singer, and they're not all really all messing with each other's instruments. Yeah, there's not multiple guitarists yeah. trying to decide what should I do if you're doing that. Should we put a piano in here? They're not really worried about all these extra production techniques. Yeah, so they do each individually get to kind of bring what they want to their you know part portion of the music. Yeah, and so I, that that gives them some. Um, and that might change over time. Yeah, know, sure. The more they do work together and record and whatever. And yeah, and I'm like excited that, to yeah. see what they're going to do in the future because, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. exciting to see where they're going to go and how they how they progress and change because I don't think they're they're going to be a band that would just do the same album over and over and over. No. At the same time, they're pretty minimalistic in what they're working with, which is just a drum set, bass, guitar, and a vocalist. Yeah. So... I don't know. I mean, sky's the limit. Are they going to have, you know, add more instruments, more production section? Yeah, more strings. Is she going to start singing? There's a couple <laughs> tracks where she does a little bit of singing. Oh, really? Okay. I haven't heard that. You know, yeah. like yeah. really minimally or even just doing oohs or ahs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I, I think they, they knocked it out of the park with this album. I think it's a really Definitely fresh, am. cool sound. It's very modern. It's very, like, this is like, I was like, yeah, I was watching that music video and I was just like, this is what's coming out of the UK right now. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of excited because they're a band and like they have yeah. their own instruments and they're doing something that's just fresh and new because, you know, um, yeah, I listen to a lot of, you know, R&B, neo-soul, hip-hop, funk stuff. Then that's kind of like what I'm into, but I'm definitely into this type of music as well. Mm -hmm. But it's refreshing and uh, and inspiring for me to see a band that's just like fresh and coming out it gives me like yeah it's like yeah okay especially coming out of the uk i was like okay there's like um like there's got to be some other thing other bands they even mention other bands that i think are around um in their sort of scene at the moment they mentioned this right. band called dog chocolate i haven't heard but great crazy name that's a fun name so don't give chocolates with dog yeah that's that, that will kill your dog <laughs> exactly. don't do that so uh <laughs> but um yeah so i'm like yeah this is cool this is cool it's like maybe we're entering into sort of a new era where that sort of music is coming back a little bit you know yeah. we're sort of you know because everyone can make um music on their computer which is great it's liberating it's a new era of that mm -hmm. but it's also you know taken away from some of the collaboration aspects and the band aspects of making music and instrument mm -hmm. instruments yeah and stuff. how they're yeah. arranging and composing as yeah. as individual humans you know exactly, what, yeah. what they're bringing to the table how they're putting it together yeah, exactly, yeah. how and it all comes together yeah i think they're doing a really good job of that of yeah. taking their influences and making it into something new and I, I, they just seem to be firing on all cylinders like they seem really tight yeah. with how they communicate and they're all kind of you know, engaging with this music and yeah. it's, it's something for them. None of them are just like, well, I'm just a bass player who doesn't, I just play the root yeah. and in the background or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Like they're all main pieces of what you hear yeah. throughout the so whole album. They're, they're all integral in their own ways to creating yeah. the sound. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's an endless mm -hmm. conversation about how music gets done, about yeah. how you communicate. Um, I mean, we could talk about it all night. It's super interesting. Um, but I don't want, I don't want to bore our listeners with it <laughs> with any more. 
Well, you yeah, know, <laughs> onwards and upwards to our next episodes. But uh, should we play out? Are you ready to play out? Yeah, you got some to play. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, not Dog Chocolate because that's a band, but Dog Proposal is a track from Dry Cleaning from their 29 EP Boundary Road S- Snacks and Drinks. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Snacks and drinks. It's even in the title, the food thing. He's still thinking about food a lot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do your thing. It's fun. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, let's call it. That's all I got on these guys. You got anything else? No. Uh, just, uh, I mean, other than the fact that I remembered that they couldn't remember how they came up with their name, which I thought was an interesting thing. They don't, they don't know. They're not sure which member came up with it or suggested oh, yeah, it or they how did. it came about. I saw that interview like, and yeah, they yeah. were like, was it him? I thought it was you. Like, <laughs> uh, one, one little tidbit. And then we could, then we can end the show. Um, I think they had uh, her friend. They had the name Dry Cleaning, and then her mm-hmm. friend made her a shirt. Mm-hmm. Like she hand stitched it because um, she saw a sign. She was visiting Japan or something. I think. Uh, so it, and uh, it was. Uh, it was. Uh, so basically, I think Tom was in Japan. Uh, no, Lewis was in Japan. The okay. bass player. He saw the word dry cleaning written in Japanese, and he took a photo of it. I th- as far as I know, I said dry cleaning in English, and then below it said yeah, supposedly yeah. dry cleaning. So he took a photo of it and then uh, shared it with the other band members. At a certain point, Nick, the drummer, his girlfriend made a T-shirt okay. with him in, in the Japanese writing embroidered on it. Mm-hmm. I think they made a bunch of them. Flo was wearing it, and then she was out with a Japanese friend. There we go. Someplace yeah, in the it, UK. It. <laughs> and then she looked at her shirt, and she was like, Cleaning. <laughs> Yeah, and she's like, cleaning? And they why, might, why cleaning? <laughs> cleaning, that's your band name? Yeah. So apparently uh, the dry was not part of that uh, Japanese yeah. thing. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's a language thing where they yeah, that means something a little bit different. or Definitely lost in translation. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, but they had a bunch of shirts. Which is a movie based in Tokyo. Going to add that to the list as well, because if you have not seen Lost in Translation, it's a really good movie. Bill Murray? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. I have not seen that. So that's a classic, right? It's a great movie. Yeah. I okay. Love it. Oh. Okay. Well, if you guys have any more information or cool facts about cleaning or dry cleaning or where to take our shirts or where to take your, your shirts and mm-hmm. uh, to get them cleaned in a dry fashion, yeah. let us know. Hit us up on that email, Jay. Roots to grooves at signalradio.com. S I G N L radio.com. You could still have the chance to be the first one to email us. We have not got any emails. We, uh, we're going to offer a prize, actually. I'm going to okay. say that now. Nice. Um, I don't know what the prize is yet. Maybe a swag bag. Signal swag bag? I haven't even got one yet. Yeah, or like a free Twix or something. Twix? <laughs> Sponsored by Twix. <laughs> um, yeah, whoever emails us first and says anything. Okay. Anything? You yeah. suck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Say it. We'll still send you the swag yeah, bag. Yeah, send us your address, your postal address. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, and we'll send you a Twix. Well, well, there'll be some kind of prize. We'll figure it out that between episodes fun. and we'll offer a prize. Yeah. We'll do that. Hit yeah. us up, y'all. Yeah. Um, until then, dry cleaning. Check it out. New album out. New band. They're hitting fire in all cylinders. It's really fun. It's really cool. I'm pretty into it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to see what they do next. Yeah, so let's uh, play out with one of their earlier tracks from their second EP. Sounds good. Roots to Grooves out. Out. Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio. For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com. That's S-I-G-N-L radio.com.